0: Good morning, sweetheart. Um, today, I will be reading Matthew 16. Um, Matthew 16 has 28 verses total, so it might not be too too long. Alright, Matthew 16, verse 1. The Pharisees, also with the Sadducees, came and, tempting, desired him that he would shew them a sign from heaven. <coughs> oh, bless me, sorry. <coughs> bless me, sorry. Okay. He answered and said unto them, When it is even, evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O oh, ye hypocrites! You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and left them and departed. So what I got from that was... The Sadducees and the Pharisees wanted to tempt Jesus. They wanted him to show him that he was the son that he was the Son of God. If he would have showed them, then they could have imprisoned him. And they wanted him they were like, you know, pretty much saying, If you are the son of God, then show yourself. But Jesus said, No, I don't have to To show myself to you. I don't have to prove myself. You're wicked and adulterous. I don't have to show you these things. You should have faith. You should just know. He doesn't have to. I mean he already has. With all the healings and everything he's done. Verse 5. And when his disciples were come to the other side. They had forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said unto them. Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we take no bread? Which then Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O oh, ye of little faith, why reason among yourself, because ye have brought no bread? Did you not understand neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves the four thousand, how many baskets ye took up, how is it that ye do not understand that I spake to you concerning I spake it not to you concerning bread, and ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, so what had happened there was. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was telling, he was trying to warn them. He was warning them. He was saying, you know, beware of the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're evil. And they completely blew Jesus off. They didn't even care what he had to say. They were talking amongst themselves to each other about how they were hungry and how they had no bread. And then Jesus was saying in 9 through 11, pretty much, do you not remember the 5,000 people I, ser- that I fed with two fish and five loaves of bread? Or the 4,000 I fed with a few fish and seven loaves of bread? Do you not remember that? If I will provide for the multitude, I will take care of you. You are children of God. And these other people, they were too. But they the, the disciples followed Jesus. Obviously, he was going to provide for them, but they were so wrapped up in worldly things like the food that they wanted that they weren't even listening to his message and his warnings because they were so wrapped up with what they wanted. They didn't trust that Jesus would give them what they needed, and they weren't listening to what he was saying. Verse 12, then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leavened bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So right there in verse 12, we see that they, after he said that they understood, you know, it's not really our business to worry about our food that we're going to eat, because if we believe in Jesus, we know that he's going to provide for us. He's going to provide our shelter, our food, and our clothing. He's going to provide the necessities so they saw there that they needed to not worry about that they needed to worry about the doctrine of the pharisees the doctrine of the pharisees was follow god's law if you don't you get killed but you don't actually really love them you just do it because you've been taught to do it and and the Pharisees were just wrong. They took tradition over, over, over godly things, like with the unclean hands. Like it was more important to them that they washed their hands than they respected their, they obeyed their parents, like the Bible says. So he was he was trying to warn them of their doctrine, and that's when the disciples realized in verse twelve they didn't need to worry about bread. They needed to worry about what other people are preaching. Verse 13. When Jesus came up into the coast of the Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Some of them say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whosoever shall be loosed on earth. Shall be loosed in heaven. So I got from this. That we need to be like Peter. We need to tell about Christ. Because Peter got praised. By Jesus. For telling people that he was the son of God. And he said. He said. Blessed art thou. For flesh and blood. Hath not revealed it unto thee. But my father. So. So, unlike the Pharisees and the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Peter had had got that from God, like me and you, we know that the son of we know that Jesus is the Son of God because God revealed it to us, we know it, we know it in our hearts, we know, we know, we know, we know that Jesus is the Son of God, and we love him because he is the Son of God. Except for the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew it because of flesh and blood. It was inherited. Their flesh, their fathers, their blood, their fathers and mothers, they taught it to them. It was passed down. And yes, we're supposed to pass down Jesus too. But like, in the future, if we have kids, we can't just be like, you believe in Jesus because we said so. Then we'd be just like the Pharisees. We have God has to reveal it to us. And that's what Jesus was saying right there in verse 17. And then in verse 18, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is the people. Church is not a building. Church is the people in the building. And so Jesus was saying, I will build my church and and hell shall not prevail against it. So, you know, if you're strong in the Lord and you really believe in Jesus and like you're a true born again Christian that lives for him and doesn't just claim to live for him, you actually live for him, the, hate, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And then in verse 19, he says, he's talking to Peter and he says, I will give you the keys into the kingdom of heaven and whosoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whoever shall loose... On earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus is saying. Because you believe in me. Peter you will have the key to heaven. Whoever you bind on earth. So whoever believes. And lives for God on earth. Will go to heaven with you. But whosoever loses. On earth. And doesn't believe in Jesus. Will also be loosed in heaven. He will not enter heaven. He will be lost from the book of life. He will not go to heaven. And so it really can't be more plain than that. Um, We need to live for... We need to live for God. God has to put it in us, but after he puts it it in us, like, we actually believe we take off and we try to help other people so they can go to heaven with us cuz that's the only thing we can take to heaven. We can't take anything to heaven. We can't take money to heaven. We can't take a house to heaven. We can't take a new truck to heaven. We can't there's nothing in this world we can take to heaven with us except for other souls. So that's what we need to be most most concerned about, especially right now during this time. Verse 20. Then charged he, his disciples, that they should not tell no man he was Jesus the Christ. He was talking to his disciples, and he told them this because, like, now we can tell people he was Jesus Christ, obviously. But then he told them that they couldn't because... The Pharisees and the Sadducees were waiting for him to say he was the Son of God. And if he were to openly proclaim it like he does later, they would call that blasphemy like they did. And they would crucify him on the cross like they did. But at this time, Jesus was still growing his disciples. He still had a lot to teach them. He couldn't be put to death yet. He needed to live. He had to live his life and do the will that the father gave him. And that wasn't his will to die. So that's why he told them, don't tell people I'm Jesus Christ yet. It's not ready. It's not my time. I'll let you know when the time comes. When the time comes, I'll confess I'm Jesus Christ. Then verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to shew unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And he raised again, and be raised again on the third day. So, we see here that Jesus is explaining to his disciples what they're going to do. They're going to kill him if he claims to be Christ. And he will eventually. But pretty much he was telling them here, you know, they're going to kill me. So, I need to not admit it yet. Verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying... Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind thee, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that are of God, but those that be of men. So I could be wrong, so I want you to read this. I want you to read this because I could have the wrong perspective on it. But I think what it was was Jesus told his disciples exactly what was going to happen. And Peter just being the, the a flesh, you know, a person. Hearing that this person that he loved so much is going to be beat, killed, and suffered. Due to the elders, chief priests, and scribes. Peter was saying it can't be so. It won't happen. can't be so. And... If I'm correct, I don't want to teach this wrong. I have to ask my dad. But I think he was saying, you know, Peter, the way you're thinking is like Satan. Like, this has to happen. The Bible says it has to happen. My father says it has to happen. So it has to happen. And if you mess with the father's will, which is what Peter was trying to do, then you're of the world. You're of Satan. You're a... Satan worshiper, if you're not a Jesus worshiper, you're on Satan's side. And that's just that. You don't have to worship Satan to be on Satan's team. And I think that's kind of what he was saying. Like, he called him Satan. I think that's what just happened. But I'm going to ask my dad, and I'll let you know for certain. And Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake will find it. So right there it's saying, to be a true Christian, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Which once again, I've told you this before, it just means you have to die to yourself. Your old flesh has to die. You have to deny that part in your life. You don't want to be like that. Like, if you are a drunkard, or you are a fornicator, or you are a liar, or you are a cheater, you have to deny that part of you. Like, I don't even want to be associated with that part anymore. You have to deny yourself. Take up your cross. So, deny it. Die to yourself, which is what taking up your cross is. Because your cross is what kills you. Like, that would, the cross, he died on the cross. Take up your cross, and follow me. So, Deny the old past. Die to yourself. Your old self dies. And follow me. The new self, the new self that comes from the denial of the old self and the death of the old self, must follow Jesus and stop those things and truly try to live for him. Verse 25. For whosoever shall save his life will lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. So whoever saves his earthly life will lose it. He'll go to hell. But whoever loses his earthly life, you know, what is fun, quote unquote, you know, sex, drinking, cussing, parties, all that. Whoever loses that will find himself in heaven. He will find eternity. Verse 36. I mean, 26. For what is man profited if he shall gain the world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So it's saying, what have you profited if you gained the whole world and lost your soul? Like, yeah, you could be the richest man in the world. You could be Bill Gates. Or, you could be the poorest man in the world, but also be the most... Connected to Jesus, and in the afterlife, that poor man that lived, even if he lived a hundred years on earth, he will be happy. Happy, he will have so much more rewards than Bill Gates ever would. And then it says, What is in exchange for your soul? And this part, so that part of that verse, that last half, might be my favorite. When it says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Because if we could keep that in our head, if we could keep that in the back of our head forever, it would be so easy to not sin. Because when you would think about it, you would say, um... Is this worth the exchange of my soul? And there's nothing that's worth it. So, you know, if you are about to go into work today. And you are about to jerk around and laugh and cuss and cut up. If you could think about it. If you could remember this verse. This is like, this is why it's my favorite. If it could always be in the back of your head. Mine too. We would never sin. Because if we could always think about it. There would never be, okay, saying this cuss word is going to be worth the exchange of my soul. Joking around with this person at work or at school or even in my family is not worth going to hell. You know, anything that me and you could possibly do in the future, it's not worth our soul. And if we could keep this verse in our head, it could change our life. That is why when it says, Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16, 26. That is why it is my favorite verse. Verse 27. For the Son of God, er, for the Son of Man... Shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily, I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So it says, For the Son of Man shall come to the glory of his Father, Jesus will come to the Father with his angels. And he'll receive every man according to his works. And, and, oh, and he will not receive. Reward every man according to his works. So, God will reward everybody according to his works. Or, okay, if you're going to heaven, you will be rewarded according to your works. If you're not going to heaven, you will go to hell. So, when people say, oh, I'm saved. I'm not going to do this. I can sin all I want because I'll just lose rewards. That is completely and totally wrong. You cannot sin and lose rewards. That is not what that means. With that, people are so, they don't even know they're wrong and deceived, but they are. So when they say, I'll just lose rewards, clearly right here it says, and he will gain rewards based on his works so you will lose reward based on your works your works is how much you pray your works is how much you read your bible your works is how much you witness to people so he's going to say oh well you know courtland had an hour and a half to read but she only read for 20 minutes Cortland could have witnessed of this person, but she didn't. That's how you lose rewards. Sinning, like, oh, uh, she is willingly lying every day. Um, no. That, it, that's not it. That's, you don't lose rewards for that. If you're willingly lying every day, you're not going to heaven. You're not losing rewards. You're going to hell, But don't let that be an excuse to not read your Bible. Don't just think, oh, well, if I don't have a reward, it's fine because I just don't want to have to read my Bible. Don't think like that either because if you think like that, you're probably not a true Christian. If you're a true Christian, you're going to be in the Bible every day. If you're a true Christian, you're going to pray every day. If you're a true Christian, you're going to want to witness because you're not going to want your friends to go to hell. If you're a true Christian, these things are going to come to you. Like, it's going to be sad if you go a whole day without reading. You're not going to be able to be happy. If you had a chance to pray and you didn't pray, you're going to be sad that you didn't. So, you know, nobody knows what you do but you. I don't know what you do. Your mom don't know what you do. Your dad doesn't know what you do. The only person that knows what you do is you and God. I don't know your heart, and I will never know your heart. We could be married, and I still won't know it. So, what's important is not that you tell me. I don't need to know. You don't need to be doing anything for me. Reading your Bible, if you read... If you read your whole entire Bible just so you could tell me, "Hey, Cortland, I read my whole entire Bible," that would give you nothing. That would do nothing for you. So what you need is you need to examine yourself like Paul told the church to do. Um, we'll get there. But you need to examine yourself. You know how much you read. You know how much you pray. You know how much you you witness and actually love God. You know Well, I have a lot of homework this week, so I'm not going to get to read. But then you also know, well, I'm just saying I have a lot of homework so I don't have to read. You know, if you could have read on your break or if you and that was your only chance to read or if you decided That you would rather talk to people about things that you shouldn't even talk about in the first place. You know how much you're praying. You know if when this podcast ends, if you're going to pray the rest of the way to work. Or if you're going to listen to terrible, filthy music that talks terrible about how you can do three girls at the same time. You know if you're at work and you're working alone, maybe in the press you know what you're thinking about? I don't know what you're thinking about. You could be thinking about anything. We could be praying. I don't know. And you don't know me. So that's why I can't assume that you're going to heaven. And that's why you can't assume I'm going to heaven. That's why you can't say, Well, this person's a Christian and they have sex, so I can have sex. Or this person's a Christian and they lie, so I can lie. This person's a Christian and they drink, so I can drink. Because you don't know who's a Christian. No one knows. Me and you could be married. My mom and dad have been married for 28 years, I think. 25, 26, 27, 28. My dad doesn't know my mom's going to heaven. My mom doesn't know my dad's going to heaven. Because my mom doesn't know my dad's heart. But you can have a pretty good judgment based on somebody's fruits. You know, like, based off my dad's fruits, he does read a lot. And I feel like he prays a lot. I don't know, but I feel like. And obviously, he does witness a lot. So, like, I can kind of say I think he's going to go to heaven. But I won't know until I get there because I don't know his heart. And that's the same for us. And that's why it's so crucial that, that we know these things, that these these rewards are for going to heaven not for, not for people that are living in sin and they're just saying I don't care if I only have one reward I don't care if I have one crown to lay at Jesus' feet if that's your thoughts you're not saved And if we know people like that, we need to witness to them because we love them and we don't know how much longer anybody has. And I'm not saying because of the end of the world. I'm saying because of anything. We could drop dead and have a heart attack right now. Verse 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And that's simply saying, some people will not die. Some people will be raptured out. And I think we're living that more than ever right now. Um, He's just saying some people won't have to die. Jesus is coming back. And when he does come back, whenever that may be, those people that are left here that are Christians and they're still alive, they'll be raptured out too. They won't even have to die. Me and you might not ever die. We could be raptured out today. But the thing is, is to be raptured out, we have to be ready. And I don't know about you. I don't. I don't know your heart. Which is why I'm telling you to go and examine yourself. Read the Bible. Read the scriptures. See how you fall. Are you an (laughs) adulterer? I would assume not. Are you a liar? Are you a thief? Are you a murderer? Are you a fornicator? Are you a luster? Luster, I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. I don't know these things because I don't know your deepest, darkest secrets or your thoughts or your heart. That's why you have to read the word. You have to pray. You have to know what to look for because you will be deceived and you will go to hell. You have to know these things. You can't even rely on my podcasts or even on your preacher's preaching. You have to do it for yourself. You have to be in the word for yourself. Anyways, with that said, have a good day at work. I love you. And I hope you learned something from this.